What is this? Are you trying to trick me? It's dangerous! All systems have been alerted to your presence, sir. Man, this place is falling apart. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're continuing our Halloween celebration. First up, I've remastered my favorite Mischief Night story. Some call it Goosey Night, some call it Devil's Night. We always called it Mischief Night when I was growing up. And back in Season 1, I told the tale of my one major Mischief Night adventure. It's one of my favorite stupid stories about me being a dumb kid, and so I figured I'd share it again this Halloween. And then after that, as promised, I thought I'd share my top 10 best and worst candy list again. I had fun putting that together a couple of years ago, and since it's Halloween, we have to talk about candy, right? So that's what we have in store today. If you haven't heard these stories or this list before, I hope you enjoy them. And if you have heard them, I hope you enjoy them again. So here we go, some more Storytime Halloween celebration. My Mischief Night antics only lasted one year, and here's why. The year that I went out for Mischief Night, we decided to make it our mission to go across the street and toilet paper the new chain-link fence that the new neighbors had put in. Right across the street, and I've told you the stories about Vinny and his great big yard, Vinny's yard was right across the street, and the new neighbors had moved in just to the right of Vinny's house. Now, before they moved in, Vinny's yard and their yard were not separated by anything more than a small hedgerow of plants and a small wooden fence. And so when we would play our sports games, our tag games, whatever it was, football, baseball, whatever, we would sometimes, as kids do, cross over onto the new neighbor's property. And we'll call them the meanies because that's what they were. They were very mean. So Mr. Meany didn't like us crossing onto his property because he liked his grass very green and his bushes untrampled and his flowers unsmushed. And we as kids didn't worry about stuff like that. So that summer, Mr. Meany put up a 200-foot-long chain-link fence from one end of his property all the way up to the other end of his property. He didn't fence in the entire yard. It was just a fence to separate his yard from Vinny's yard. The entire point being to make sure the kids weren't scrambling onto his property. As an adult, I now know it would be called a spite fence because that's what it was. He wasn't fencing in his yard. He was not doing anything except telling us kids, you're going to stay off my property. It didn't really affect our ability to play games. It was just one of those things that as a kid you look at and you go, really? It really bothered us. So when Mischief Night rolled around that year, we thought it would be a great idea to toilet paper his fence. So each of us kids went into our parents' linen closets and got as many rolls of toilet paper out as we felt that we could get away with without really being called out on it because the conversation would have been, where's all the toilet paper? What toilet paper, Mom? We just used it up. I don't think we used six rolls of toilet paper in a week. So we couldn't take all of the toilet paper. We could only take some of it. So under cover of darkness, we went across the street. Vinny came out of his house. We had a couple of neighbors from further down the street. We all gathered up with our toilet paper, and we started the process of running toilet paper through the chain link fence. Now, unbeknownst to me, as I'm doing my section of the fence, one of the neighbors from down the street thought it would be a great idea to go ring Mr. Meany's doorbell and then run away, because that's what kids do. So we're busy threading toilet paper through the fence. 
And all of a sudden we hear the ding dong and then the hysterical laughter and the running footsteps and the door opens. Now, the lights on the house didn't extend out to the fence, but if there's kids huddled around a fence, you're going to see them from the porch. So we heard the door open and all of us dropped flat and didn't move as Mr. Meany came out on his porch and looked around. And you could hear him cursing under his breath. He's going to kids. And he went back inside and slammed the door behind him. And we're a bunch of dopey little kids. So we go, <laughs> and we start threading the toilet paper through the chain link fence again. So the kid who rang the bell thought it would be a great idea to do it again. And so we're busily threading the toilet paper through the chain link fence. And we hear the ding dong and the hee <laughs> and the running away. And the door slams open again. You goddamn kids. It wasn't clear what Mr. Meany was saying, but it was clear that he was not in the best of moods having to go answer his door again. And once again, when the door slams open, we drop flat and don't move. And I could see the silhouette of Mr. Meany on his front porch, glaring out, looking for anything, looking for anyone to vent his anger on. And seeing nothing, he went back inside. We all breathed a sigh of relief. (sighs) Okay, back to threading the toilet paper. We're working fast now because we don't know if he's spying out the kitchen window. We don't know if he's lurking by the front door. So we want to get this job done. So we're working really quick now. I've got the end of the fence closest to the house. My buddy's in the middle. There's some other people up at the north end. And we're all threading frantically trying to get this done. I don't remember why the friend who rang the bell had a bag of stale donuts with him. But he did. How do I know this? Because he said, hey, why don't we throw these stale donuts at the house? I don't know why we would, but I didn't voice an objection because I didn't think he was actually going to do it. I was busy threading toilet paper through the chain link fence trying to get my job done so we could get the hell out of there before Mr. Meany came storming out one more time. But lo and behold, the rocket scientist who was with us and one of his buddies pulled out a couple of stale donuts and whipped them at the house. They were deadly accurate. They hit the metal screen door square on. Pekang! Pekang! The sounds of the donuts hitting that door rang out like gunshots in the night. We all froze and dropped in our spots because we knew what was coming. The door burst open. Mr. Meany came storming out of the house, came off of the porch, went right for the fence and started stalking up and down the fence. Now I'm lying there. I'm in a little gully at the south end of the fence, which is closest to the road and closest to my house. But I know that if I move, he's going to see me. Thank God he's going up to the north end of the fence. And I glance up and I see dark shadows take off across Vinny's yard into the field north of Vinny's house. And I see him give a few half-hearted running steps in their direction. You goddamn kids! And I keep my head down and I'm lying there and I can feel the sweat beating on my head and I'm starting to shiver because I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I don't know what this guy is going to do. We call him Mr. Meany for a reason. And he starts stalking up and down the fence and he's getting closer and closer to me and I know that he's going to find me if he keeps coming in this direction and I'm just panting a little bit and I'm starting to spaz out just a tiny bit because I don't know what he's going to do. My 12-year-old mind is going crazy. I'm going to die here. 
And he's getting closer, and he's getting closer, and he back and forth, back and forth, up and down the fence, up and down the fence, expanding his search radius a little bit more every five steps. And he's getting closer, and he's getting closer. And as he gets about five feet from me and looks away, I take this opportunity to run like hell. You goddamn kid, if I catch you, I'm going to cut your balls off. That's what's behind me as I sprint for my house. Oh my god, I'm in mortal terror. And I hear his footsteps behind me as I'm running across the street. And I don't know if he's going to be able to catch me or not, and I don't know if he's going to cut my balls off or not. Now, fortunately, I know the woods around my house really, really well. So instead of running for my driveway, I cut right for the woods. And one of those little pathways that I cut there when I was mowing the lawn, that's what I made a beeline for. I headed right for that path, right through the woods. I go crashing up that path, crashing through the woods. I wasn't subtle about it. I was running to save my life and my balls. I didn't look back. I didn't stop moving. I kept running. I ran through the woods, up around the side of the house. I ran to the back of the house. I ran all the way around my house, and I went to the back side door. I didn't even want to go to the front door because I didn't want him to know that it was me. Now, I don't know if he was still following me, but I believed he was. So I hustle through the woods, and I drop to my knees as I get to the back door, and I stop moving. I listen. I don't hear anything, but I don't know. Maybe he's lurking somewhere. So on my hands and knees, I finish crawling through the woods to the backside door where my parents are in the family room. There's a sliding glass door there, and I gently tap on the door. Just a little tap. And I see my dad in there, and he gets up from his chair. One of the rare times that he did. And he has this look on his face like, What the hell is wrong with my kid on all fours outside the family room? And my mom stood up and she said, You look pale. What's wrong? Are you okay? And I dive into the family room. Shut the door. Shut the door. I'm fine. What's wrong? Are you all right? What's wrong? Did you get in trouble? No, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I collapsed on the family room floor, safe in the warm embrace of my parents' quizzical looks. But I was there, alive, and with my balls intact. Here's my list of the best and the worst of Halloween candy. You can agree or disagree, but whichever way you go, I hope you enjoy it. And don't worry, I'll make sure I put in some appropriate Halloween music as well. We'll start with the worst candy, because we always went through the worst candy first, the stuff you knew you were never going to eat, and I do have my 10 worst candies right here for you. We're going to start with 10, go up to 1. Number 10, the Tootsie Roll. I know, people love the Tootsie Roll, it's very chocolatey, but you know the Tootsie Roll was kind of the throwaway candy? It's like, okay, let's just buy a bag of Tootsie Rolls and throw a couple in each kid's bag. Those parents put no thought into what they were giving to the kids. And Tootsie Rolls are okay, and I would eat them, and I wouldn't trade them away necessarily, but I'd hold on to them and, you know, keep them for a rainy day, sweet tooth. But they weren't a favorite. Number nine is Lifesavers. Back when I was a kid, they had these mini rolls of Lifesavers. They had five flavors in it, all five of the traditional fruit flavors of Lifesavers. They don't even have these packs anymore that I've seen. They usually have peppermint or wintergreen. But when I was a kid, they had these large rolls of Lifesavers, and they would have orange and cherry and lemon and lime all in a roll. And they would double up on them, and you'd have a long roll of about 10 or 12 Lifesavers. 
For Halloween, they made mini packs so you would have five lifesavers. They were so boring. And I didn't like lifesavers because my aunt always gave us lifesavers, and that was her little treat to us, and I didn't like them from her either. The only lifesavers I liked were either the peppermint or the winto green, and you never got those for Halloween. You always got the stupid fruit flavors. Blech. Number eight is peanut butter kisses. Now, this is a rare candy these days. I don't even know if they do it anymore. But they came in black and orange waxed paper. And peanut butter kisses were chunks of taffy. And the taffy was molasses flavored. I don't know if you've ever had molasses. If you've had a shoe fly pie, for instance, that's molasses. It's a very rich, very earthy kind of flavor. It's not sweet by any stretch of the imagination. When you make shoe fly pie and put sugar in it, it has a nice, rich, warm flavor. But it's not a candy flavor. But somebody had the bright idea to make molasses taffy. And then they would put a dollop of peanut butter in the middle of the taffy and then wrap it in either orange or black wax paper. They were disgusting. I like molasses. I like molasses now. But when I was a kid, biting into a peanut butter kiss was like biting into a rotten egg. It was like, what the hell is this mess? Oh, I hated the peanut butter kisses. Can't even think about them. Number seven is Mary Jane's, a close cousin to the peanut butter kiss. I don't know if it's the same company that put out the peanut butter kisses, but the Mary Jane is peanut butter and molasses whipped together into one delicious taffy piece. Okay, forget the delicious part. It's peanut butter molasses taffy is what a Mary Jane is. And it's as delicious as it sounds. I never liked Mary Jane's. It was the worst. If you got a handful of Mary Jane's in your bag, your siblings would look at you sadly. Oh, sucks to be you. Yeah, Mary Jane's were not popular, and yet they made a ton of them. Number six, Milk Duds. Milk Duds are not as bad as Mary Jane's, but Milk Duds are little chunks of caramel dipped in chocolate. And I didn't mind the chocolate, and I didn't mind the caramel. It's just, I just never got into Milk Duds. I just didn't like them. They were okay. If I had to eat them, I'd eat them. But Milk Duds were a good trading tool. You could trade away the Milk Duds. Get something better. Number five, Good and Plenty. Who remembers Good and Plenty? Once upon a time there was an engineer. Choo-choo Charlie was his name we hear. Remember that theme song? He was the mascot for Good and Plenty, which was candy-coated licorice. I hate licorice. And Good and Plenty didn't do anything to improve the taste of licorice. Candy-coating crap still makes it crap, in my opinion. Which brings us to number four, anything else licorice. If it was licorice, it was not edible by me. I've tried... I can't stomach licorice. Which is funny because Mrs. Gamer Dude loves licorice. Me? Mm, no. No, no, no. Keep your licorice to yourself. Thank you. Thank you very much. Number three, the circus peanut. It was a stale marshmallow, orange colored, and shaped like a peanut. Some people love those circus peanuts. I do not understand that love. Do not understand it. I might as well bite into a piece of the styrofoam stuffing you get in a package from Amazon. No, thank you. Number two. This is a personal number two because I know it's a lot of people's number one. Candy corn. When I was a kid, they would literally just grab a handful of candy corn, not in a bag, not in a package, not in anything but their hand. They would have a bowl of candy corn inside the door of their house, grab a handful and throw it in your bag. And I wanted to grab it out and throw it back at them, but I never did. I was very polite as a child. But oh my God, no. Candy corn... It's like eating wax to me. And they say it's made with honey. Okay, it's honey-flavored wax. I'm not a fan of candy corn. 
Number one, this is my personal number one, and I know not everybody shares this as a number one horrible candy. In fact, Mrs. Gamerdude loves these probably even more than licorice. Twizzlers. Oh, I can't eat Twizzlers. There's something about the smell. There's something about the texture. There's something about the ropiness. I can't do Twizzlers. Oh my God, no. Twizzlers is just red licorice as far as I'm concerned. Keep your Twizzlers away from me. So we got the bad stuff out of the way. And that's how I would sort my Halloween candy too. I would get the bad stuff out of the way. Okay, that side, we're not touching that stuff. Get rid of that, trade it, throw it away, something. We would then separate the good stuff. The stuff we wanted to eat. The stuff we lived for. So here's my top 10 good candies. The best stuff. This is what you go trick-or-treating for. This is what Halloween is all about. Getting this stuff. Now, number 10 is actually a candy that I discovered when I was raising my own kids because I don't remember these when I was a kid. I wish they existed when I was a kid. I only discovered them when I started collecting Halloween candy with my kids. And boy, am I glad I discovered Swedish Fish. Oh, I love Swedish Fish. Now, some people may say, well, what's the difference between Swedish Fish and Twizzlers? And I say, have you no taste? Swedish Fish are delicious. They have the right gummy texture. They have the right cherry slash strawberry slash fake fruit flavor. Oh, Swedish Fish are so good. And they're number 10 on the best candy list. Number nine, give me a traditional Hershey bar anytime. There's something about that classic brown wrapper milk chocolate bar. When you need a hit of chocolate, just give me a Hershey bar and I'm good. Hershey bars are so good. Number eight, gotta go with the regular M&Ms. What's deadly to me these days is those mini fun packs of M&Ms because I can eat like 10 of them, pretending like, well, it's only a small pack. 10 small packs later, okay, I've eaten 9 million calories worth of M&Ms, but they're so good. Little chocolate in the middle, little candy coating. How can you not like regular M&Ms? Number seven for me on the best candies list, Whoppers. Malted milk balls dipped in chocolate. Here's my weird little thing. I like to dissolve them in my mouth. I just take a couple in my mouth and just let them melt slowly. I love the way that feels. I know that's kind of weird, right? But there's something about the crunch of the malted mixed with the taste of the chocolate. And as it slowly dissolves in your mouth, I know it's disgusting. <laughs> I shouldn't talk about it like that, but it's such a great experience. Whoppers are so good, man. They are so good. Number six on the list. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. It's got to be the Kit Kat bar, right? Kit Kat bars are so good. I like that you can break them in pieces. If you get a full-size Kit Kat bar, you get four pieces and you can break each piece off and nibble it down. It's really good. The little crisp, the little chocolate. I mean, it's almost a perfect combination. Kit Kat bars are delicious. Number five, we're going back to Hershey's. Mr. Good Bar. Oh, I loved Mr. Good Bars. They were much more rare when I was a kid. It was almost like finding a unicorn in your Halloween bag if you got a Mr. Good Bar. I was always on the lookout for that yellow wrapper with the red letters on it. Mr. Good Bar. Oh, because Mr. Good Bar is a Hershey bar with peanuts in it. I loved peanuts and I loved chocolate. And you combine the two of them? Oh, Mr. Good Bars were delicious. They were one of my favorites, but... If push came to shove between Mr. Good Bar and number four on the list, number four on the list would win. Number four, Nestle Crunch Bar. Now, Nestle Crunch Bars were chocolate with crunchies in them. And it took me years to figure out that the crunchies were really nothing more than Rice Krispies. But boy, oh boy, did I love those Nestle Crunch Bars. 
There was something about the crispiness, something about the pop. You bit into a Nestle Crunch Bar, and it was a little slice of heaven for me. And as much as I loved a Mr. Good Bar, if it was trade for a Nestle Crunch Bar, Nestle Crunch Bar won every time. Number three on the list is really a 3A and a 3B because sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Mounds Bars and Almond Joy Bars were so good if you're a coconut fan, and I am. When I discovered the Mounds Bar, milk chocolate wrapped around coconut whatever that is in the middle, oh my god, I was in my glory. The only thing that compares to it is the Almond Joy, which is dark chocolate wrapped around whatever that coconut stuff is in the middle, and an almond on the top of it. Well, one almond in the fun size bar. But if you were able to get the full size bar, you'd have four almonds. The full size bar was actually two chunks of Almond Joy bars, and you'd have two almonds in each. Yeah, I paid a lot of attention to candy. I know these details. So you had the two pieces of the Almond Joy bar, which would be four bites. You'd bite the first almond and enjoy that, and then finish the first piece. And then you'd bite the second piece and get the third almond, and then you'd have the fourth piece. Yes, there was a method to my madness. Candy was very important. I had to make it work right. The almond to chocolate to coconut ratio was important, and you had to honor that, so I did. But yeah, the Almond Joys and the Mounds Bars, so good. And those were like gold in my Halloween bag. Number two on my list of best candies, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Peanut butter and chocolate together? I mean, is there anything better? Now, in recent years, they make Reese's Peanut Butter everything. Reese's Peanut Butter Ice Cream. Reese's Peanut Butter Easter Eggs. Reese's Peanut Butter Christmas Trees. Reese's Peanut Butter Peanut Butter. You can buy it in a jar in certain stores. Without the chocolate, unfortunately. But that combination of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, it was like heaven and a little piece of candy. Oh my goodness. When I discovered the deliciousness of a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, I thought I'd found Shangri-La. Oh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I still love them so. Oh my. The only reason they're not number one on the list is because number one on the list is peanut M&Ms. And if you ask me tomorrow, I might flip-flop them. I might put Reese's up top and switch peanut M&Ms to number two. But peanut M&Ms are my downfall. If you happen to have a bowl of peanut M&Ms on your counter and I visit your house, you will not have a bowl of peanut M&Ms when I leave. They'll be gone. Unless you handcuff me, put my hands behind my back, and put a piece of duct tape across my mouth so I can't just dive face first into the bowl. Because I love those peanut M&Ms. I don't know why I love them so much, but it's just an addiction. That's the only way I can explain it. I can't even buy them for Halloween anymore. When we buy Halloween candy to give out, I make sure there's no peanut M&Ms anywhere in the bag because the kids won't get them. I'll just pull them all out and keep them in a drawer for myself. I love those peanut M&Ms. Those kids can't have them. Those are mine. And so when I was a kid, if I got peanut M&Ms, those were the candies that were hidden someplace where no one could find them. And I never lost track of a single pack of peanut M&Ms. I may have lost other candies in my stashes in my room when I was growing up. I never lost a peanut M&M. They always found their way to my stomach. While I love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, if push comes to shove, I think I'm going to have to go with the peanut M&Ms. That's my number one Halloween candy right there. (laughs) 
thanks for listening to this best of episode. I really do appreciate your support. Barring any unforeseen circumstances, I'll have a brand new episode for you next week. I always say barring unforeseen circumstances because they're unforeseen, so you never know. Things happen. But my plan is to have something brandy new for you next week. Until then, thank you for your support. Thank you for being here. I really do appreciate all the time you spend listening, and I can't thank you enough. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.